You're listening to the GamesIndustry.biz podcast. I'm James Batchelor and I'm joined by Kish Harani of Terra Virtua. Kish, thank you very much for joining us. Now, thank you very much for giving the opportunity to speak to you this morning. For those of you who may not know you, because you're one of several industry veterans on the Terra Virtua team, but for those who may not know you, like a little bit on your background, please. Right, so I started in the industry uh, roughly 22 years ago, probably tells my age as well now. Uh, started off as an engineer, uh, a programmer, and uh, managed to somehow get into management, which went, then went through several publishers as external technical directors uh, with the THQs and the BBCs and the likes. And then I think it was r- roughly first 10 years of my life. After that, I went into platform holders, uh, started off with Microsoft uh, as a tech consultant um, and sort of almost immediately after that uh, opportunity came up at Sony as head of developer services. So then eight years straight uh, I was the head of developer services for uh, all of the historic PAL region um, and pretty much after that went self-employed, did lots of consultancy, advisory board, a lot of giving back to the industry as chair of Bayman Games as black Asian ethnic minority in video games, uh, women in games on the board and so it gave a good opportunity and that's where Terra Virtual came about sort of around November time-ish or so. Uh, some of the guys approached and uh, we started doing some consultancy and before they said, why don't we just do this as a full time? And it's like, well, why not? <laughs> and um, it was just such an exciting opportunity. Uh, and I truly believed uh, back then as well that what we are doing is something very unique. Uh, and we got something special here. Let's, let's grow this. And uh, that's how it all came about to be. So Terra Virtua is, for those who haven't read the story already on uh, GamesIndustry.biz, it is a, it's a subscription-based VR platform. Um, where people pay a monthly fee, presumably, and then can download as many VR games as they want. Um, you're aiming at a token sale and an ICO within the next month, aiming to get the portal up September-ish. Um, so, yeah, why, why go subscription-based? Because... Uh, yeah. Uh, especially with VR, so the subscription will be very similar to so, so, so the easiest comparison we can do is Netflix, which people understand. <laughs> it will be a monthly subscription or annual subscription. Uh, and I think within, uh, we haven't set the price yet, but it will be very similar in the sense of uh, uh, buying one AAA or two AAA games would actually cover you for a whole year of all the content you'll ever get. And I think, I don't know if you would agree, but I tend to think we, we, VR is not pushing that fast, people are not just uh, impulse buying and clicking and uh, I think there's a lot of free VR titles which are doing okay, uh, but I think paid VR itself is it's going down a track where we need to put some effort to make sure it gets back in line and in this way, and to developers the proposition is, yes, have, have them elsewhere where they're paid for, but put it on Terra Virtual as added revenue. Uh, and we believe, you know, as a subscription model, so it'll get more exposure and people will play games because they're just there, um, readily available part of your subscription. Yeah, yeah, and that, I guess that kind of it's part of the reason why I wanted to get you on the mm-hmm. show is. Um, I remember in the original release for Terra Virtua, it mentioned like the idea that this this can help take take virtual reality mainstream, and as you know, as you say, kind of position itself as the Netflix yep. of VR. And as you said, I, I, this podcast has been going about a year, and I think we've had like three or four conversations now about why hasn't virtual reality taken off yet. But like, why is it that the su- subscription model, and like you said, like that, why is there that lack of impulse buying in virtual reality? Um, to me, I think VR has not established itself. Let's take mobile games as well. Also, uh, the pricing models, also, I think people are still figuring out what people are ready to pay for. Uh, it doesn't help when you bring in uh, terms like 
triple A VR title mm. because that means nothing to a consumer but for everybody else says oh great I play triple A game so it should be exactly the same yeah. as that but then oh wait a minute then you're charging slightly less so is that because of the time length so so we don't as an industry we didn't help ourselves by setting up or um, using existing models and um, putting the titles which consumers are used to so that that's another confusion and then um, so added on to that as well uh, it's 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 very different we uh, are is very processor intensive and to be able to give a content which people are used to as AAA is just completely unfair to be telling a VR title is, is, is the quality of a, a PC desktop title. I think that's a virtual reality, like people kind of expect the, the technology. It's an exciting technology, there is no denying that. It does give you the experiences you do not get from any other form of game or, or you know, general entertainment media. People are expecting it to kind of get to the point where it is like mobile, where everyone is, where you know has a you know a VR or AR, IR device. Um, but obviously, like there's kind of barriers, like you know, as you say, like they're very processor intensive. So you, if you for high-end VR, which in my opinion is by far the better VR. Mm -hmm. um, is you know you've got to have a really hefty PC, and that means you are anchored to the room where your PC is. You can't just take it on the go. The reason mobile is so big is because it's everywhere, and it's kind of is it a case of it's kind of apples and oranges? People kind of comparing the two, I guess. I think that's probably some element, but personally, I think it's uh, uh, it's not to set easy to set things up mm. uh, for uh, even a PC user who are used to plugging keyboards and mice and etc. We've, we've at least uh, educated or self-educated themselves to be able to set a PC up. But the VR itself, it's, it's not that simple. So I think as, um, as we sort of uh, get on where new devices, new versions of the devices come along or so, uh, I think we're very, very close. Uh, I think next iterations of all the titles are just getting better and better. Your setup's getting better as well. And that I'll, I'll put a bit of Terra Virtua in there because what the whole idea of Terra Virtua is actually, I'll use uh, similarity to theme parks. When you go inside a theme park, you don't straight away jump onto a ride. Mm. You sort of acclimatize this smell of popcorn. You, you go in there, you, you feel, wow, the, you know, I'm Disneyland, and you see Mickey Mouse sort of running around, and you're already acclimatizing to what's about to come, the anticipation, and then you jump onto a ride. Even you don't straight away jump onto a ride. In fact, when we're talking to developers how to design your VR game, uh, make sure that the user gets that sort of standing in the queue anticipation because then they're ready for that sort of roller coaster it's going through their head if you're going on Indiana Jones ride you've got uh, all the team sort of set up and then you jump on there and that's where people enjoy that and theme park has got a lot of sciences which we've used um, when I was at Sony uh, we were using a lot of this uh, in VR designs uh, concept and some amazing presentations out there telling you how to design a good VR experience don't throw somebody onto the highest point of a roller coaster and uh, as the very first thing they ever see in VR. And Terra Watcher comes in that space that you're actually jumping into a world uh, where you'll have sort of uh, boats and uh, I use the word second life, which unfortunately means a lot more other things or so. Uh, 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 but it's exactly that. So you're jumping in, there'll be everyday reason to put on your visor on or so, and then you start playing games on there. And I think that also will help. Uh, 
we're going to be tackling and my vision is you know when you put a VR visor on you know, inside Terra Virtual it should only show you the games you should be able to your PC should be able to play mm. which means you're already set up rather than having that sort of clicking on things and it's like oh okay this is terribly slow on my PC because that's another problem Every, anybody can download any, any content it's only when you start running it that's when you figure out okay this is not that great on my PC <laughs> it's running slow so again a lot of my goals as a CTO is making that sort of friendly leap and that's what VR needs. It needs a desktop which is VR rather than a desktop which is 2D mm. uh, and then you stay within 2D and then you just set everything up and jump into your 3D world itself. Uh, I, I, I vision, you know, my vision is that you should be in VR as your desktop and then launch a game in your lobby systems, uh, matchmaking, talking to your uh, friends you're going to play VR games with and then launch a game. So I think that, I mean, that won't solve the problem, but I think that would really help uh, uh, sort of the mass market sort of uh, user-friendly adoption of VR. Mm. Um, price, pricing is a, a, a big, it's not an impulse buy right now at all. No. Uh, and it's reducing in price um, and is, you know, in, in fact, almost every six months now uh, it's almost dropping in price um, by a good chunk of margin, which is great, great news. Uh, new devices coming on. Um, I think new credible devices, especially. I, I mean, I, I would say definitely the Microsoft's uh, uh, offerings on PC. Mm. Uh, I, that's such a great uh, bonus coming into the market itself. So more devices coming on. Uh, BT about Terra Virtua is going to be platform agnostic. So we're going to pretty much the world works on anything and everything. Yeah. You'll be able to have VR on and we want to support. So again, I think having that sort of consistent world where you can jump into and then your VR device, depending on what you're wearing, plays the game which is capable of, is what where we are sort of aiming. Yeah, I, I, going back to what you said about like specs and stuff, like, yeah, like we, we've got now that we're getting multiple devices. I think the the we I, going back to what you were saying about specs. Like I think now that we're seeing multiple devices, I imagine we'll start to see almost like some kind of standards kind of setting in some kind of uh, shared shared specifications between devices. I say that because like. PlayStation yeah. VR is by far the market leader at the moment, mm. but that's because it works. You know it works on a PlayStation exactly. 4. There's no, it's not going to be like your PlayStation 4 is actually more powerful than my PlayStation 4. Exactly. It's standard. It works. It's Absolutely. sorted. And then, you know, yes, you know, going going back towards the whole VR is the next mobile kind of you know concept. Like, yeah, mm -hmm. you're going to have multiple devices. Multiple manufacturers yep. are going to get. You're not going to have a, a single company is making the one virtual reality device but you need to know the stuff that works across that so yeah it's a smart move to make Terra Virtua kind of platform agnostic like you say um, and, and yeah I agree price is the massive one I mean, we've just seen um, uh, PlayStation drop their price to I want to say 399 euros dropped by where we was uh, by it's, it's dropped by 100, 100 yeah, euros exactly. but, but what is the what do you think is the price that, that will make it something that more people will invest in? Like, I, obviously, PlayStation's a bad, poor, poorer example because obviously it's not just, oh, it's, you know, two, three hundred pounds for a BR headset. You also need a PlayStation 4 on top of it. Sure. Um, and even, you know, with the high-end ones, you need a, you know, you have Oculus and Vive and all that, you need a decent PC. But what, in your opinion, like, kind of what's the, the, the price barrier? Like, right, this is the magic mark we need to get to to get people to, more willing to invest in VR. So if I knew that, I would be a wealthy businessman. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, I chose a career as a technical person. My view, I don't think pricing is an issue if you have the killer apps on there. We don't have the must-have killer apps. Mm. You can't tell somebody, 
you need VR because this experience will only be. We, we're going to get there, by the way. Yeah. So I'm not saying they, it doesn't exist and it never will. Uh, there are a couple of titles that are amazing, but they're not that moment of you need VR to see this, and it's just a must-have. So I think it's it's more that because if you look at your phones, so um, 15 years ago, if I told you, by the way, every year you're going to spend $1,000 updating your phone, it's like <laughs> cash. You must be kidding me. What on earth are you on about? So. And we don't have that moment. That's why I said pricing is not that relevant. I mean, nowadays, although the subscription model from service providers sort of hide what you're paying, and so over the yeah. years you end up paying for things, and maybe we are, might be needing that, but I personally still don't think pricing is that big a factor. It's more the content, the more killer apps, the reason why to be in VR. Um, I think, uh, again, with Terra Virtual, bringing it back into uh, what we are going to be offering, um, Having a reason to put it on every day suddenly justifies why you've bought this thing rather than it sitting there and only removed over the weekend or whenever else. So when we're going to put in, um, you don't need a reason to play games or so. You'd have other content. You could just have chat with your friends, etc., in one place or so. But which means then you will play games, but you will be in VR and you have an excuse to get on to VR. Um, um, and we'll, we'll, we'll definitely be adding sort of the. Um, seven day streaks or so if you, if you yeah. put it on and uh, it's, it's sort of the easy things but you know don't, don't, don't tease the sort of consumer by just saying put it on click on this and you've got a reward or so just make it more exciting some reasons to go in there some rewards something mm. interesting to find somewhere etc every day and I think that will also help that I can justify why I bought this expensive bit because I'm actually, actually going on there every single day yeah. in the morning and probably first thing in the evening or so it's difficult though, isn't it? Like getting into that habit because at least with phone, you can you can multitask. In most mobile games, you know, use like that kind of old seven-day streak. You know, collect your daily oh, gift, exactly. and there's yeah, a little notification. Yeah. Oh, you haven't logged in yet. Quick, time's running out. Yeah. I get that a lot from yeah. the games that I've installed. Um, but obviously, that's easy because I can just I can do that in the middle of talking to Absolutely. someone on the bus or whatever. Yep. Virtual reality requires dedicating time to oh, actually sit down and write. I'm going to lock myself away from the entire world for whatever this is like that's difficult habit to get people into it is and it needs to be i mean devices need to be get more friendly in terms of setup uh, more standalone uh, untethered device is a great bonus which mm. is coming through uh, i always give you know you need to make a VR device so compelling because as soon as somebody puts a device on, he can't even drink water. Yeah. Uh, whereas in with TV or any traditional games or so, you're, you're still doing everything you need to do. Mm. So, And as soon as somebody is playing VR and is thirsty, he puts the device off. Uh, putting back on is a large commitment, so make sure your content is so compelling that there's a good reason why they'll come back because otherwise you've lost them. And most games are designed that way, you know, mm. your levels, etc., uh, where make sure they're not sort of crazy long enough where if somebody takes a break it's like I can't be asked to go back to it now because that's going to take a while or so and that's again that's a lot is gameplay but I think a lot is device friendliness but you know uh, we're not there yet but I think we're only a couple of years away just the way technology is moving where it'll be an Oakley size sort of glass which will or, or a visor you'll put on your head mm. and it should be as simple as that and it all connects through or so and I think there's enough investment in fact far more than enough investment going into VR right now that we're going to be reaching those sort of device very very soon um, if, don't ask me who will be that manufacturer so we'll get there because I think there's a lot of people 
with exciting patents sort of getting out there which I've been following. So I'm, I'm super excited. I think we're, we're a couple of years away. If you had asked me last year, I'd say probably another five years away. Yeah. But the more investment and more smart people sort of yeah. jump onto VR, that's that's how things move faster uh, in this world anyway. So, yeah. You mentioned obviously killer apps as well, and that's another common narrative with the you know, the virtuality. The virtuality discussion always comes down to why hasn't it taken off yet? Where's our killer app? I, what is it that we're waiting for? Because I've played some amazing VR demos. I, I have to confess, I don't have VR at home. It's too expensive. I don't have the space for it. I, I am that that consumer yep. that you need to convince yep. to get a VR setup. But the ones I've played, you know, through the privilege of my having my job. Yep. Like incredible, incredible games. Like yeah, like um, uh, the Bullet Train demo that Epic did, oh, yes. the Star, yeah. Star Wars Charles Tatooine. Um, there was, I even played a prototype of Alien Isolation in VR. That was the scariest thing I've ever yeah. <laughs> ever experienced. Like these are incredible games. But what, what what's what's what is it that we're looking for that's not making them killer app? What is missing? So uh, it's slightly difficult for me to ask this question if I didn't. Last year I was told to host a panel uh, at uh, Casual Connect in Berlin. I had Chad, who was then working for HTC Vive, uh, sorry, no, uh, for Valve uh, on stage and a few really, really smart people. Um, and uh, I had to moderate a panel asking that question to them. <laughs> and uh, so the conclusion on that, which I can't override as my sort of no, yeah. no, no, and so crazy smart people just saying, we haven't had the killer app yet, and they take it as a more opportunity that there is a killer app, but we just haven't got there yet. Mm. And some of the titles you mentioned, and I've, 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 you know, I've, I've played Batman in VR, I absolutely love it, and uh, t to me those are the titles we're, we're looking at, and um, I don't like the whole AAA is again I'm bringing that because we are confusing the consumer mm. uh, and even developers as well by saying that that IP is AAA it's not it's the VR experience which is the what's going to be um, same with your mobile phone games a lot of uh, you know IPs are not selling your mobile phone games they, it's it's your amazingly interesting games new IPs which are you know your candy crushes and stuff which mm. became sort of the uh, synonymous with mobile phones or so and that moment we uh, it's we're not quite there there are quite a few interesting titles which are getting there, and I think those are, those are the ones which will be the killer app. Um, one thing we, when I was at Sony as well, um, never ever ever look at porting a title from your traditional PC as a tick box that it's on VR. That's where things are going wrong. I'm not saying, I think luckily most people know that's the wrong way mm -hmm. to approach VR. So most people are building VR from ground up. Uh, from scratch, and we're going to get there. So, as, uh, if I didn't do that panel, I would have given a very different answer. Yeah. Uh, uh, but especially when really crazy smart people said we haven't got there yet with the killer apps, uh, I, I, I have to agree with them. But it, I would take it in a positive side that there's great, great opportunity uh, and a lot of research. Um, I used to also tell people, make use of and associate your link yourself with universities, academias. They've got a lot of VR research the last 20 years or so. Uh, we had some crazy smart guys at uh, Sony who are ex-BAA, who used to work in VR in the 70s and 80s or so. Uh, a lot of those sciences or so, it's nothing new in terms of getting people immersed in VR, make use of those. The technology is there now, so uh, the best practice is what you need to start putting them in. I come back to what you were saying about um, don't just port PC games over to VR like just for a tick box. Like, I think that that's an issue. Like, uh, I think there's a confusion among consumers especially, but also sometimes developers as to what 
people want. I think consumers think they want you know, Skyrim VR, yeah. Fallout VR. Like yeah. now, those I'm, I'm told are like, you know brilliant products. Um, I haven't played them myself. It has yeah. to be cons- confessed. I, I love the idea of yeah, I'll stick on a headset and I'll be in Skyrim. Like yeah. and th- th- that'd be absolutely amazing. But that doesn't necessarily translate well. To, and particularly, like, you, know, you can spend hours playing Skyrim, you can't spend hours playing VR. It doesn't necessarily translate directly. It's, not, it's more than just a perspective. Exactly. It's, it's an entirely different medium, as, as I've heard so many much more intelligent people than me say over the years. Like, so, uh, you, is that a hard habit for us as an industry to get out of, just, uh, just applying the mechanics and everything that's built video games so far to VR? Or, like, or do you think we are getting to the stage where we are starting to think about it differently and we are you know, starting from scratch, as you say? Uh, so all the titles which are using IPs right now, uh, and credit to every single publisher and developer who's gone on that, uh, they are giving a very unique experience which is designed for VR as opposed to, hey, here's uh, um, your traditional game and just put the visor on and uh, you can move your head around, but it's exactly the same game, because uh, that would have been a disaster. And I think most of the IPs right now have done very good justice that it's designed for VR. Um, an, an example I used to give is if you're designing a traditional game and you're using as where well, sort of your peaks and the troughs and everything will be design it like a movie and most of video games thus they use movie as inspiration of you know cut to the chase etc. Uh, when you're designing VR we always used to tell developers and I would still say uh, um, bringing it back to a theme park des- design a theme park ride uh, and it should be that sort of short sort of uh, experience of where you're going to have your sort of highs and the lows or so, but make sure it's not, uh, again with VR, it's not comforting to put on forever as well, uh, just because you're know, needing a glass of water again, you'll have mm. to get the visor off a scare. So that half an hour experience or so, that should well, make sure it's a roller coaster ride for them. Uh, as opposed to a two-hour two movie instead, yeah. and, and that's you know I'm, I'm 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 not a designer, but I think that still works and that's still true. That when you're designing VR games, uh, desi- design a theme park, uh, use theme park um, roller coaster rides or anything inside a theme park as your inspiration mm. of what what that product will be. Brilliant. Um, well, thank you so much for your time today. We're obviously thank at you. the uh, <laughs> the Terra Virtual launch, so you've got plenty to be doing. So thank you so much yeah. for your time. In the meantime, listeners can find all our previous episodes on all good podcasting platforms. And for your news, analysis and insight into the world behind video games, head over to www.gamesindustry.biz.